I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete. In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams, and we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location, and oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions, anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello. What is up out there in the podcastosphere? Can we let them know that we're in, in red now? In red? Isn't that our, our color officially we're moving into? I don't know what you mean. The, the People's Republic of California color-coded scheme to prevent us from fully opening. You want to know how upset I am? <laughs> A lot of money upset. I live in this wonderful, wonderful community, master planned, three elementary schools, a middle school, everything is spectacular about it, including the fact that about 150 yards down from my house is the elementary school and middle school. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and we've walked down to school every day for years and years and years. Well, we had you know COVID spring, right? And everyone went digital, and that was a giant waste of time. And then we opened back up for fall. And while well, we didn't really open back up for fall, we went back on the computers. And God bless the teachers. And honestly, the administration, everyone's trying to do the best they can with it. So it's not me slamming them. But between my children and my wife and then my sanity, we had to make the move to a private school because in California, you can apply for a waiver. And basically, only private schools and one school district public one applied for the waiver. So if you apply for a waiver and get accepted, which pretty much everyone does who does, then you can go back to school. So my kids are now in private school starting next week. And it's cost me a lot more money. And I had a fantastic school that was 150 yards from my house. So so you're, you're voting for Newsom. That's what you're saying. Goodness gracious. My goodness. Fun fact, if you don't know our fearless governor here, this is just fun because it's politics and it's fun. His ex-wife is the significant other of Donald Trump Jr. So I think there is a little bit of gaming and sportsmanship that's going on between the two regimes, we'll call them. Anyway, we are way, way off tangents. Did you want to talk more about Gavin? Or Uncle Gavin, as we call him affectionately. Uncle Gavin, dictator Gavin. No, I, I think you fairly covered it. What's odd is, I will say one thing. In the areas where his family lives or where his winery is, even though their case count is higher than ours, they were colored in... Uh, we have a new color system now. Yeah. We used to have different things, and then they moved the goalpost down the field right before schools were going to open. And so their case rate's higher than ours, but they're more open because he has business interests there. And on top of that, 
the whole reason we did the lockdown, that whole two weeks to flatten the curve so we make sure the hospital is okay, he came out and said, hey guys, by the way, the hospitalization rate has nothing to do with this anymore, so we're not going to track that anymore, and that's not going to be a metric by which we open up everything. That just so happened to coincide with everyone getting out of the hospital and the, the case rate in the ICU dropping off a cliff. So it's fun times here in California. My finger hurts. Your finger hurts? You should yeah. go get it checked out. I was making a cocktail, and it called for, it's a, like, a, like a citrus press, right? And I'm squeezing it, and it's a metal one. It's not a plastic one. I thought it was made of steel or something, and it full-on snaps and just smashes my finger. So Hopefully this drink will help you. My finger hurts. All right. So we are drinking a Brandy Daisy. Mmm. <laughs> Yummy. I'm too excited. They're very small pours because when I did that, half of the shaker poured out all over the counter. So well, I, I, it's good. I don't I don't anticipate unless yeah. I'm surprised that this is going to be all that delicious. So it's brandy. It is a little bit of Grand Marnier or orange liqueur, a little bit of simple syrup, which seems insane because you're already putting like orange liqueur in there. A couple dashes of rum, which I don't know why you whenever you ever dash rum, you like dash bitters but i don't know it was weird how they phrased it and i think that was it yeah all right cheers oh and lemon obviously lemon God, mm. that's that's not good Oops. don't you wish you had an ultra with you now in fairness that might not be good because half it spilled out i don't know what the mixing was at that point so mm. we might just be getting straight nastiness well <laughs> well that is special hey now Okay. I've been a commercial lines producer for just over 15 years, and I've been able to grow my book of business and steadily increase the size of accounts that I write. While I've maintained relationships with the small accounts I wrote early on, I think it's time to reduce my involvement or remove them from my book completely. How do I go about making that transition without offending them? Well, <laughs> maybe Jordan, you're, why don't you start off answering your own question, and I'll come in with co comments. My own question? <laughs> what? Well, you read it off, but as I'm reading this, it seems perfectly fit for you. Okay. You say that because a lot of my smaller accounts I don't maintain relationships with? All of your small accounts. It's true. You want to know why? Because I have account managers who maintain those relationships. Now, if you're a producer at another agency and you're not maintaining the relationships and the account managers maintaining the relationship, maybe you shouldn't be getting paid as much on them. I don't really know, but... When you're an owner, that's just kind of what you do. Okay, so you need to decide whether they're profitable to... I'm going to assume that this producer works for someone and he's not an agency owner. You need to go to your agency and say, hey, are we even making money on this on these accounts? Or is it is it just more of a headache you know, for you as the producer, right? So if, you, if you've been there 15 years, maybe you got a million-dollar book, and you're like, yeah, but I have... It's the 80-20 rule, and... In, 80% of my accounts are, are, are bringing in, you know, that 200,000 in revenue. Maybe I don't want to ditch 200,000 in revenue, but I can get off the real low ones, ditch 50 grand and my time freeze wide, wide open. The agency principal will probably jump and say, well, wait a second, we're just going to lose revenue because everyone hates losing revenue. So you're going to have to try and make a case on profitability. So you're going to have to do some analysis with the account managers, your time, all of those different components about it, and really lay out a case for the owner of, hey, does this make sense or not? It probably does. It probably makes sense to you know either move them to 
some sort of like a small business or auto renewal center or something like that that a lot of the large agencies have done. We don't do that because we believe that all of our clients should be taken care of, whether they're small or large, just sometimes not by me and sometimes by me. No, but our account managers are fantastic here. So they're plain and simple. If you want them off your desk, the agency principal can say, okay, we'll leave them. We'll just have Tom or Jane as the account manager manage it, and we won't pay you as a producer. Your time frees up. Go sell some other things, and we keep the revenue, and it costs us nothing. Right, so that's a very simple solution for the agency, but uh, guarantee there's some accounts that they're going to want to cut the fat on. Which hopefully your agency's analyzing your accounts profitability anyway. But it does suck to say like, hey, I'm no longer going to be able to. It's not justifiable financially for us. But I guess you can always go back to them and say, we make two thousand dollars in revenue off you, right? Commission to the agency. We need it to be four, or we lose money, right? Do you like our services enough that you're going to willing to pay a two thousand dollars fee? And check your states because every state's different on how you can do all those kind of things. And they might say yeah, they might say no. There's a lot of people who just say no. You guys do a fantastic job. It's two thousand dollars, which is really a thousand dollars because it's an expense to my company, and it's going to cost me thousands of dollars in my time to go move. And I trust you guys already, and it's just such a non-issue. And most people that you work with. They want everyone to be profitable, right? You have some people who just want themselves to be profitable and everyone else gets screwed. But most people who are reasonable business people say, no, you need to make money. I need to make money. We all need to make money or this doesn't make sense. Did I answer that question? Yeah. Okay. I think you have to look at your client base and also realize that they're business owners. And at some point they started off small and at some point they grew. And at one point they were the direct point of contact with either the consumer or the business owner that they serviced. And then as they... Yeah, but these are the small ones that probably never grew. (laughs) Even still a small... I mean, he's not insuring like one person operations and like then... You don't know that. I'm going to guess because then there's absolutely no premium and no commission in it. And then why are you even writing the question? So let's assume they've got a staff of four or five or seven and they're a small company, right? You dealt with this person before, but now I'm growing my business any business owner is going to understand that. And hey, if you have a real problem and need to call me, great. But my team is fully trained and able to do this. So I think your your answer is, if you really don't want to have to deal with them and it's eating up your time, then give up the commission and move it on or talk to the ownership about a reduced commission. But that's a simple solution. And then as far as transitioning those accounts, letting them know that, hey, I'm growing rapidly and... I don't have the bandwidth to handle the day-to-day, but great news, here's my team member. Right, and and, I mean, especially to the management above you, it's an opportunity cost. So if you're spending, you know, 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week dealing with these small accounts that are bringing in 50,000 to the agency, could you spend, you know, that 10 or 15 hours a week selling, writing new business that's going to bring in significantly larger accounts than the agency is making more money and you're making more money? So that's really the way to explain it. All right. You can read and answer your own question. Or I could just read and you could answer it. Mm-hmm. I am a new commercial lines producer specializing in transportation risks. I've struggled to gain traction with one of our top carriers due to some bad history with prior producers from our agency. I need this carrier in order to compete in this niche, but feel like I'm being punished for someone else's mistakes. How do I clear the air with this underwriter? Well, you want me to go first? Yeah, because I had to go first last time. Okay. So... We had a situation where I disagreed with how something was handled with the company. We lost an appointment over that disagreement. Our producers were negatively impacted 
with that. And ultimately, the way they earned back the trust was by circling back and saying, hey. <laughs> you never have to talk to Justin again. Essentially. <laughs> I think that was part of the deal. Um, oh, no, it was part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then we ran into her at a trade show. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I didn't even know who she was at that point. I know, I know. But neither here nor there. If someone's left a bad taste in the mouth with the young driver, <laughs> like, like myself who 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 happened to do that, the way Remember, you're going to— Remember, Justin's scorched earth. Like, yeah. you do one thing that he perceives as, like, betrayal, then you're, you're done forever. It was betrayal, in my opinion. But <laughs> it was. In your opinion. So— you earn it back over time, right? You you demonstrate, say, hey, look, give me an opportunity. I'm going to send stuff stuff your way. But then you show them one account at a time. I'm different. Here's how I follow up. What I hear from my brother-in-law, Ricky, all the time, and he's a marketing rep, is that so often the producer says, hey, I need you to work on this account. And then you don't get the account as the, the insurance company doesn't get the account. And the producer never lets them know what happened, how much they got beat by, why they got beat. And they actually want that information. So there's different ways you can set yourself apart by being more direct with your communication, by providing complete submissions, and just repeatedly over time doing the right thing. Ultimately, it's going to be in that underwriter's best interest, especially if they have performance targets, to work with you if you're hitting your own goals, which is going to help them get to their goals, and then everybody wins. But you have to put in more effort than you would like to to warm that up. Jordan, do you have thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think unfortunately, we all know of agencies that operate in unethical fashions and that run that toxicity runs throughout the organization, right? And there is entirely the possibility that you may have joined an organization that has that reputation and you didn't know that. Or it's also a possibility that that agency has that reputation, realized it, it's trying to make a change, and you're the start of the change. And so you got to grind your way out. I mean, there, there's a lot of those possibilities. But I, I had this, I'm not going to name names. It wasn't insurance related at all. I'd gotten a couple of emails, and I felt like the person sent, this person was pretty high up somewhere. This person was extremely incompetent, was not providing the clarity we needed, was very disorganized, etc. And I had all of these judgments in my head about said person. They called us the other day, and I, I had a call with, with her. And her kindness and forthrightness and generosity of, of communication, it, it was so different. And I, had, I walked away with going, my goodness, I painted her wrong, right? So more than anything is my point is, in these kind of situations, get in front of them. If you can't get in front of them, then be on the phone. Don't do this over email, right? You're, you got to build a relationship with, I mean, all anyone in the business knows this. Your relationships with underwriters are why you grow, right? They're, they're everything. So build as strong as a relationship, take them to lunch, take them out to golf, take them whatever you can do and really get that personal rapport there. And, and once that's established, I think you'll help. But it could be an uphill battle depending on the wreckage that someone else left behind you or the agency itself. So I'm very curious to hear the story after this. I'll tell you later. Yeah. I think I already told you this. this the one I told you in the office yesterday. I told you. I walked into your office yesterday. I told you the story. No. You're turning into dad. Justin. Did you tell someone who looks like me? 
I don't have a pen. I'd write it. I'll tell you after this. All right. It, come on. I, I told them this story. I, I think we've covered it for today. Perfect. All right, everyone. Like, review, subscribe, all those magical things on Spotify, Apple Podcast, everything. If you do have any questions, send them to Olivia mm-hmm. at TotalCSR.com. Drink request, Jordan at TotalCSR.com. And we appreciate you listening.